Welcome to another groundbreaking episode of Scouting for Growth, the go-to podcast for C-suite leaders on the cutting edge of the venturing world, the tech world, and market trends. I'm Sabine van der Linden, and today we have a guest who is no stranger to disrupting paradigms and innovating at the intersection of cryptocurrency, e-commerce, and beyond. Yes, let's meet Mark Fildeman, founder of smartblocks.agency and a globally recognized thought leader with over two decades of tech-fueled wisdom. From championing the most proven Web3 ecosystem for gaming and NFT called Wax.io to being celebrated by Forbes and Inc. magazine, Mark is a force to reckon with. He doesn't just follow the trends, he sets them. What makes Mark even more fascinating is his inuring ability to gaze into the tech crystal ball and predict where tokenization is taking us. From real estate to shared intellectual property, he's here to unpack why tokenization isn't just an alternative, it is an imperative for future-proofing your venture. So whether you are a CEO pondering your next strategic move, a CTO looking to honest emerging, emerging technologies, or a CDO keen on transformative solutions, buckle up. We are about to deep dive into a world where the token is mightier than the sword. Without further ado, let's welcome Mark Fildeman to Scouting for Growth. Mark, great to have you here with us. Hi, Mark. Thank you for joining me on Scouting for Growth. Thank you so much for having me. This should be fun. Yeah, I can't wait. I mean, I was reading about your profile, Mark, and I understand that you are a vanguard or a a mini god of uh, crypto and e-commerce. And I would love for you to tell us a little bit more about your two decades of building businesses, of getting into crypto and e-commerce and what that has brought to you and the business you've built over the years. Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. I mean, uh, I've covered a number of different companies from a marketing and sales perspective. And then, you know, over time, you start to realize that there's certain kind of companies that have a a longevity. And and then, you know, there are other companies that have a short-lived kind of heyday, like during COVID. And so I started choosing companies that I believed have more of that long-term runway you know, it was kind of fun to get in there and help the companies that had one or two years of a good idea before the big guys came in or be, before, you know, some other market factor took over and then they just died. Uh, those were fun years, but you're not building anything. So I, I tend to go with things that are here for the long haul and uh, e-commerce for sure is one. And so is crypto, but the crypto I focus on is more on the tokenization of assets or I call fractionalization of assets, meaning 
you break up real estate, you break up something really valuable, and you allow the democratization of that asset to anyone that wants to invest in it. You know, currently a building in London where you sit now, there's no way you and I individually could invest in that building because they don't want a lot of limited partners. You know, you got to put in 50 million or uh, uh, 50 million pounds, you know, in order just to be an investor in something like that. Well, when you fractionalize that and you turn it into tokens or shares, then you can invest in a building like that for 500 bucks. And the blockchain does all the management of all of these limited partners. Um, So when you put all that together, I I think that besides AI, these are the two hottest sectors. So do you think this is the secret sauce that every industry needs to pay attention to today, whether it's in real estate, you mentioned crypto and e-commerce, AI already as well. So do you think that is where we actually should focus our effort today? Well, I mean, who's the we? We could be, you know, young entrepreneurs. It could be small businesses. It could be corporates, you know, Mark. I work with large insurance Mm -hmm. companies, Fortune 500 in one side and helping them uh, understand how to collaborate with uh, young ventures. So democratizing and industrializing those processes. But on the other side, you know, those startups want to work with the big guys. They also want to build, as you said, very replicable uh, business models. And so what's your view? Well, first of all, with insurance companies, for example, we've tokenized some of their policies and tokenized their assets because they want a way of, getting cash out of that situation and able to invest in the business or invest in something else. Uh, So my view for young entrepreneurs is this is one area you could focus in on. I mean, I think the top five areas would be AI, uh, engineering, uh, and I'm I'm talking like the SpaceX type of engineering, uh, cryptocurrency, find a niche. Um, There's been a lot of, you know, things happen in crypto that were not good, but they're all being fixed now. Uh, and then something like e-commerce, because we're not turning off the internet anytime soon. So so people are are, are still going to buy online. And, and if you look at the numbers, it's just skyrocketing still, right? Um, and then, I don't know, maybe lastly, I'd probably look at, you know, tools and technologies, SaaS-based products that uh, have a, that solve a really, really nuanced problem that, uh, no one else is solving. So if if you're in one of those buckets, you probably have a very long lasting career. Um, that's not the only buckets, but those are the ones that I've looked at and said, yeah, these are probably, if you look five, 10, 15 years from now, they're, they're all going to be still going. Cool. And you know what? Those are some definitely I am looking at. So I would like to go back around definition because we are assuming that everybody knows around uh, about tokenization, uh, yeah. but I'm sure a lot of people do not. So let's define what you mean by tokenization and what is the value and growth opportunity mark this can bring to a business. Yep. Uh, Thanks for asking that. Because a lot of people don't know. They say tokenization, they're like, oh, what does that mean? All that means is, let's take something simple like uh, Big Ben, the clock in, in, in London that everyone knows, right? Around the world. Now let's say whoever owns Big Ben, I don't know, probably the government, uh, decides, hey, we're going to give, we're going to sell, uh, we're going to give Big Ben an opportunity for anyone to own Big Ben. And I, I think you probably have revenue for people coming and visiting and there's a fee. So we're going to say, we'll break up Big Ben 
into a million shares. And uh, well, how are those shares represented? Well, they could be represented with tokens. They could be represented with stock. I choose tokens just because it's a lot easier uh, to set up. And then you have a blockchain that does all the management. You're not working with some stock exchange and having to have all these expensive systems in place. And so if you want to invest in Big Ben, let's say it's $1,000 per token. Uh, you pay your $1,000 and then um, automated systems, they're called smart contracts, will pay you every single quarter based on what Big Ben earns in revenue You know, from all the tourism. Uh, as well as if it's ever sold, you would get your fractional share of whatever is sold. So it's kind of an unrealistic uh, thing with Big Ben. But you can then apply that to artwork, you know, Picasso's. You can apply it to real estate, which is really hot right now, fractionalizing real estate. You can apply it to anything, I think, of value uh, over a few hundred thousand dollars or, or a few hundred thousand pounds. And um, it is the future. And if you look at BlackRock, Bank of America here, City, they're all saying the same thing. Everything's going to be fractionalized. They've already fractionalized billions of, of dollars of bonds on on. Uh, or tokenized uh, billions of dollars of bonds. Why? Because once it's tokenized, you can then trade it anywhere in the world. You're not subject to local laws because it's on a blockchain. It, it exists everywhere. Uh, and, and that's why a lot of these people are doing it because now they have an international market. There's a lot of reasons to tokenize things, but international market for the big guys is, the, is one of the big ones. So some of the keywords you see, Mark, I'm hearing a lot, and just before our discussion, uh, I was talking about fractionalization, so fractional CTOs, CFOs. And so yeah. we're actually starting dividing our time so that mm -hmm. we can actually remain resilient and make money from our time, right? Yeah. Time is precious and probably the most precious currency we have as human. But you also talked about industrialization and democratization early on. So... Tokenization mod. You know, we talk a lot about crypto. Crypto had its ups and downs. So what are the elements constituting tokenization mod, please? Um, I, I missed the last part of it, um, but I, I think I got the gist of your question. What What is the difference between tokenization and, and crypto? Is that what you're asking? So what is the difference between the two? Because as as you know, we have had ups and down with it. Oh, yeah. And let's, what let's, makes, you know, tokenization the moat of the day? But let's call it what it is. 95% of crypto is just a scam. Uh, and I hate to say that I'm in the industry. And we haven't done a good job of policing those. In fact, some people have just hyped them up like all these meme coins. Um, they're, they're worthless. They're not backed by anything. You know, there's just a big Ponzi scheme. It really is. But there is 5%, like a Bitcoin, Ethereum, uh, Polygon. Uh, there, there's quite a few projects that are definitely going to change the future. Unfortunately, we just have a lot of fraud out there because it's it's easy to do. And we're not doing a better job of educating people on what's what. What I chose to do was to eliminate all the fraud, or most of it anyway, by going to something that's backed by an asset. So... When it's backed by an asset, you even if the person issuing the token is a fraud, you still have the asset that you could sell off. So uh, it's much safer. But, and by the way, there's no such thing as hacked wallets in uh, this is the, the tokenization space because 
everything's whitelisted. It's attached to you. So if somebody steals those tokens out of my wallet, I just go back to the issuer and say, cancel those, reissue mine. I mean, how great is that? You can't do that with crypto. So I, I've chosen a niche. I don't even call it crypto. I, I It's just, you know, using a blockchain, using the same tools as crypto, but it's it's a much different uh, thing than crypto. You know, one to me, crypto's monopoly money. You know, uh, what I'm doing is real, real money. That's super cool. And you already touched upon security. And so the reason why tokenization, I assume, is so safe is because it's on the blockchain and you can trace the transaction and who owns it and where it's going to. And so can you touch upon a little bit more security around tokenization? Yeah, crypto is on the blockchain too. The problem is you can be anonymous with uh, crypto. With security tokens, you can't because you're whitelisted. You have to be accredited. You have to sign up for, uh, you know, this whole process, just like you would with a with a, a stock, you know, buying a stock. So they they know who you are. The company knows who you are. Uh, if you have any issues, they can cancel the stolen crypto. Actually, it's let's just call it tokens. They can cancel the the the, the tokens. And they reissue new ones, and all this is recorded on the blockchain. So the transparency is is uh, is really really high. Uh, let's say a hacker did take your tokens. Well, you know who the hacker is because the only way they could take it is is if they were to register those tokens. So uh, in in terms of of that, it's it's very safe. Now, is it foolproof? No, but it's uh, way safer than just regular crypto where. You know, most of the act the nefarious actors out there are are anonymous. So I'm thinking about you know the investors and the communities which surround us, right? Investors, tech enthusiasts, uh, Mark. And so when you look at the project you are working on in real estate and maybe in other areas, what would be your recommendation to them if they were going to enter the market of tokenization? Do you have some examples besides Big Ben they could consider to leverage uh, this great opportunity? Yeah, I mean, the one I like to cite is I did an analysis of some of the top real estate projects, tokenized real estate projects. And if you were to invest $1,000 or pounds every single month in one of these projects that are paying uh, usually 10 to 15%, you know, in 10 years, you'd have a $30,000 a month income. Uh, and yeah, some of that is the buildings were sold or the or the, the, the real estate was sold. But on average, I say in 10 years, if you were to do that strategy, you'd have a $30,000 a month income for life. So that is a use case of what everyone could do, uh, no doubt. And and it would pay off just tremendously if, if they were to follow that advice and, and just to run with it. You know, founders, startup founders often will look for investment from investors, um, institutional investors, corporate investors. They would also use crowdfunding platform like yes. Super, uh, FinTech Circle. So how could they take opportunity of tokenization as well? Actually, partly now, you know, getting funding for our startups is really hard. And um yeah. Fundraising with a few of them at the minute is not easy. No. Um, the bar is very high. So what would be your recommendation for young founders as well? 
Yeah, I mean, tokenization is another route. It's another form of crowdfunding if you wanted to go that route. Uh, it depends on the size of your community with anything, whether you're crowdfunding traditionally with fiat or you're crowdfunding with tokenization. Tokenization is far superior than your regular crowdfunding. Why? Because they have a secondary market. You can trade, let's say you bought a thousand shares of, of your company, for example, and they said, well, she's she stopped podcasting, so there's no revenue coming. You wouldn't do that because you, you, you're a responsible person. But let's just say somebody did. Uh, I could then sell those shares and, and I'd be out. Uh, you can't do that in a traditional crowdfunding model. You have to wait for some sort of liquidity event. I could also issue, uh, you could issue dividends. And so these would be paid out to all your token holders automatically. You wouldn't even have, to, it wouldn't be that much of an accounting exercise. So uh, there's, there's a lot of advantages to tokenization. The problem right now with tokenization, it's not really well, uh, people aren't educated on it. They hear the word tokens and they think crypto, which it's not. Uh, and the, the secondary market hasn't really caught up to what's being uh, tokenized right now. So a lot of things are being tokenized, but the secondary market hasn't really caught up to that yet. It will, so I'd say a year or two. But for now, it's a, it's a little less liquid than the stock market, but it's way more liquid than crowdfunding. I mean, if you're crowdfunding, there is no market. Uh, and if there is, it's some broker offering you 20 cents on the dollar because you're desperate to get out of those, those shares that you've invested in with a crowdfunding model. So maybe a strange question, Mark. What would tokenization look like around the membership model? So a lot of companies are setting themselves up and then setting up membership and clubs. Could tokenization work in the club environment? You already mentioned insurance. You know, usually you pay for a yearly policy and now yeah. we are fractionalizing that policy so that people can have much more transparency around what they are buying. So, you know, you pay monthly and it can actually... Um, change based on the risk on a monthly basis, partly for big risk. What's your view? Membership and tokenization, would that work? Oh, yeah. I mean, um, and again, everything's in how you set it up. It's called the tokenomics. So let's say that you paid into this membership. If you own a thousand tokens, you're, you're a member. And then let's say that costs you a thousand dollars. Again, just easy figures. Um, but every time you go to the club or every time you contribute to the club, you get bonus tokens. And uh, those bonus tokens could be used as currency or they could be used as an investment in that particular club or membership. And when some something with revenue happens, then revenue is just distributed to all the token holders. I mean, that's, a, that's just one model that you could go with. Uh, there are plenty of different models that, that you can. In order to tokenize a membership, just because of the cost of tokenizing you know, you'd want it to be a pretty big membership, 5,000 members or more. Uh, and if you, if you get beyond that, then I'd say go for it because the the person that's issuing the tokens can, can raise a lot of money and then, you know, decide on what to do with it. Again, you have a fiduciary duty. You have to follow the law, but the law's already been carved out. That's the other thing. The law has been carved out for tokenization. Crypto, it hasn't. It's a wild, wild west where... Tokenization follows, at least in the United States, and I know in Europe, it follows what's called a Regulation D or Regulation A or even a CF. Those are exemptions uh, to taking companies public. So you could take a company public 
and fall into an exemption where you don't have to go through all the different things that you do in order to bring a, a company public and, and good luck going public. There's not a lot of companies that make that leap. That's super cool. So let's look at the future, bold mm -hmm. future forecast. Um, yeah. I remember when we talked, Mark, we talked about everything will be tokenized by 2030. So a bold uh, statement. So can you break down for us the macro and the micro indicators that support that prediction? All right. So not everything will be tokenized by 2030. Anything over $5 million, I believe, will be or will be in the process of doing so once they need to refinance or once they need to sell or what have you. Okay. Now, here's the, here's the rub. Why? Because once something's tokenized, it's what's, let's think of a big spreadsheet. Now, if I'm the IRS or whatever your revenue body is in, in the UK, I can see everything that's happening. And so I can automatically take taxes out. I can also set up these macros or programs that say, hey, pay my, uh, pay my utility bill, pay this, pay that. And this is as the funds come in. So you're not only collecting the funds automatically from people, you're doing automatic payments. So everything becomes very automated uh, to a point where it's super transparent. There's all these efficiency costs that have been gained from it. And the uh, anyone investing in it is going to be able to run quick models to say, okay, if I hold on to this for five years, you know, this is what this is what I'm going to get. Because I get to see everything. I'm not just seeing the revenue coming in. I'm seeing the expenses going out. I'm seeing everything, a full picture of what's happening. Do we get there by 2030? Maybe. Definitely, there'll be uh, projects that are that full cycle uh, representation of what I just described. Uh, I think tokenization is the first step. And then, then in the future, you'll see some of this in 2030, but beyond, everything's automated. Because if everything's on a blockchain then it can all be automated in real time like that. So if we pivoted away from real estate, and we already talked about insurance and the organization yeah. I engaged with, you would probably not believe it, but talk to energy companies, I talk to logistic companies. What yeah. are the other sectors which could take advantage of tokenization? Well, you said logistics. So supply chain's already doing it. Uh, there's plenty of supply chain companies that uh, are using the blockchain and using tokens that represent something on the blockchain. Usually, you know, it, it could be a shipment of bananas or something. I'm, again, just seat of my pants stuff here. And uh, you could you could track where and when uh, everything was shipped, delivered, paid for, as long as it's on the blockchain, as long as it's being tracked. And we already have companies that are doing it. Uh, I don't know of any, and if someone's watching this and they, they have a, a model where it's from soup to nuts, everything's tokenized and you could just see, you know, just by clicking on a record, everything that's happened there. I'd love to see that. I haven't seen it, but they're, they're tokenizing aspects of it and putting it on, on the blockchain. So uh, not everything can be tokenized okay. uh, because the expense of it, but you know, in the future, that'll probably come down where, you know, the the cost of doing this is so low, it makes sense to tokenize everything. And uh, that could be your iPhone, for example. And you could see a record of your, you know, everything that's happened to this iPhone. Again, just making stuff up. I haven't thought this far 
out. I'm looking at big expenses and, and big projects right now. Yeah, and you know, we already touched upon uh, fractionality um, and the conversation I was having just before our chat. And you know, there's big, this big trend of the future of work. I'm doing a lot of work around, you know, how we build resilience and what the worker of tomorrow is going to look like. Do you think that tokenization plays in creating more agile and efficient workforce? Oh, there's no question. And if you throw AI on top of that, I don't think anyone could predict what the workforce is going to look like in even five years. Look what's happened in the last year. I've only been playing with generative AI for the last six months, and it's totally transformed my practice, my my agency. I mean, we get things done 10 times faster. I, I can't even imagine in five years, if we keep accelerating at this rate, you know, what the worker uh, is going to be able to do with AI. And then when you add tokenization and AI together, so the AI is tokenizing things and untokenizing and paying things up. It's, it's mind boggling to think about, uh, you know, I'd have to lock myself in a room for, for a weekend really to come out with, here's what I think it's going to happen. You know, multiple branches that could happen, but here's the the one that seems like based on what I've, I know today is, is we're going to end up, but I expect a huge, by 2030, a huge change in, in the way we do things. So you mentioned smartblocks.agency. Tell us, what do you do? So we are in the business of tokenizing companies, bringing them public. Uh, and when I say companies, that could be real estate, it could be companies, it could be anything of value over $5 million, and then marketing it, uh, raising the funds if you want to raise funds, uh, and then marketing it in order to make sure that you have a, a liquid secondary market. So we not just raise the money, um, or if you have an existing asset, we take money out for you. Uh, we also do the marketing to make sure you have a, a secondary market and, and investors that are ready and willing to, you know, trade uh, that that token. So let's go into my world and scenario. So I work with corporates, corporates which are interested to work with startups uh, mm -hmm. around big problems which are affecting us. Yeah. You know, you mentioned AI, future of work. And mm -hmm. I go and find those startups to actually work and collaborate with those corporations to solve those problems. And there are three outcomes coming out of it. Partnership and collaboration, commercialization. Second would be investment. I love you so much that I will give you some money, right? It could be off balance sheet or coming from the corporate venture fund. And lastly, yeah. it would be an acquisition. So how do we involve Mark in that scenario? Well, I mean, multiple ways. I mean, if you want to take money out uh, and you don't want to have to go public or you don't want to have to sell your business, your real estate, what have you, tokenization is by far the best solution. If you're looking to raise money, uh, it, it is the best solution. I, I gave you some warnings around the liquidity of the secondary markets, but that's going to be solved. But just being able to manage thousands of people uh, that can invest in your company is so much easier with the blockchain than any other traditional way of doing it. And that includes crowdfunding. So, um, and you don't have to tokenize your entire company. You could just say, I'm going to tokenize 20% of the company, the equity in it, and I'm going to give out 20% of our, our profit to those token holders. Uh, and I'll throw in other things because if, if it's on the blockchain, anything can be programmed. So if I'm a token holder of, of your company, maybe I get your free premium services for, for as long as I'm holding that token. You know, that's a, that's, you could literally program anything in that you could think of. 
so that, that's how we would help. That's cool. So let's talk to those CEOs and the CTOs and those CFOs of uh, companies uh, looking to tokenize their assets. Mm -hmm. What critical factors should they consider on their checklist if they were going to do that, Mark? Yeah, I mean, I would look at what, what are we using the money for? Do we have a community of people that are willing to jump in or do I have to rely on Mark's company to raise all the money for us? What are the terms, you know, what's the, what, what we call in, in the business, the tokenomics of what it is that the token is going to represent. Is it just equity? Is it equity plus dividends? Is it equity dividends and some special features because our company does, you know, uh, something special that we, we want to give our, our shareholders or our token holders some special access to. Uh, that's another critical part of it. Uh, and, and then kind of the third thing is, you know, the it's nowhere near the public publicly traded uh, stock disclosures, but you still need to disclose every three months or so if, if you really want to maintain the, the community around this token. Um, I would say those are the main ones that they have to consider. And I would walk through a bunch more if they were on the phone with me. Superb. So let's just remember, if you want to know more, jump on the call with Mark. So how do we accelerate mass adoption, Mark? And how do we educate? Because, you know, I'm learning a lot from you uh, and people are going to learn by listening to this conversation. But how do we drive awareness? Well, it's it's doing more of what we're, we're doing. Um, and I think this tokenization space or the fractionalization space has got to get out from underneath the crypto umbrella because it's it's clouding it and it's making it look really bad because of all the implosions we've had in, in crypto. Um, and, and we've got to carve it out separately and say it's not crypto, it's tokenization, fractionalization. This is backed by real assets. It's more like stocks than crypto for sure, but a lot easier to do. And with a lot less hassle, that's for sure. So let's tease our audience, Mark, with you know any existing project you have on the pipeline you can share with us as potential case studies to, you know, inspire our listeners. Well, it's funny because uh, the one I, I, it's an insurance company that's uh, going to tokenize their their policies, and it's a unique use case. I've never done this before, but. Um, you could literally tokenize any kind of revenue stream, any debt, any equity, and anything of value. We won't take on anything less than $5 million, uh, but for most mid and large companies, that's not a problem. You know, you've got, you've got that, uh, that that's out there. So that's the, the project I'm most interested in is, is this insurance product because it's so unique. They're giving out, you know, 15% uh, annualized interest. And where do you get that reliably uh, anywhere else? And it's because they've got a great insurance company with a great model. And now they're saying, okay, we want to take money out of this without going public so that we can double down on our marketing efforts and, and double down on our efforts to offer this model to, to more and more people. That's super cool. And that will, that's where, you know, insurance, you know, it's about mutualization. It's where insurance starts actually applying the reason why it was built in the first place. So yeah. thank you, Mark, for sharing this initiative. So if we were going to find you, where do we go? Yeah, the best place is smartblocks with an S dot agency. 
maybe you can put that in the show notes. And then if you want to talk to me or somebody on my team, there's an upper right-hand corner. There's a, I think a contact us button. And then uh, you can look at my, my calendar or somebody else's calendar and, and schedule direct there directly. There's also a lot of information on our blog and uh, throughout the site. So um, yeah, I encourage you to go there. Yeah, I will, I will share uh, the link to your LinkedIn profile and smartblocks.agency. So Mark Filderman, thank you very much for joining me on Scouting for Growth. No, and no I look forward to hearing, you know, the new great projects that are going to be tokenized in the future. Thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. And we should at least schedule something for 2030. Just see how many of these. 100%. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. If you like this podcast, subscribe now, share with your friends. And if you enjoyed it, please give it a five-star review. Also, if you want to cover any specific subject with me, contact me on Instagram under Subin VDL Officials or LinkedIn under Sabine van der Linden. Thank you.